Well, good morning. It's good to see everybody here today. All the folks at our Bearden location, glad you guys are connecting, those watching online and those here in the room at Maryville. Excited about next Sunday, as you have heard. Don't come alone. Bring a friend. It's going to be a lot of fun, some good food, great stuff for kids. And uh, we want to be about inviting people to hear the gospel. I truly believe that God's going to change some lives next Sunday. Excited about that. Um, a few years back, read an article from Parade Magazine uh, that talked about uh, Elvis Presley. Uh, I don't know if you realize this or not, but uh, Elvis Presley sold more than 250 million records. Uh, he starred in 33 films and claimed over a billion fans around the world. And today, he is still one of the most highest paid and grossing entertainers of all time uh, because of all the residual sales of his music and all the paraphernalia that is sold literally around the world, um, he still holds uh, that title. Um, in the magazine article, there was an interesting quote. Uh, one of the quotes said, in spite of his enormous success, Elvis was, according to his friends, an unfulfilled and unhappy man. Suffering from obesity and drug dependency, he died at age 42. I think the most striking part of the article was the quote from Priscilla, his wife. She said, Elvis never came to terms with who or what he was meant to be or what his purpose in life was. He thought he was here for a reason, maybe to preach or to save or to serve and care for people. But that agonizing desire was always in him and he knew he wasn't fulfilling it. So he would go on stage so that he wouldn't have to think about it. Elvis hadn't a clue about where to begin to look. In a sense, he was lost. I think the sad thing is there are a lot of people like Elvis Presley. They don't have a clue what they're here to do. They don't know why they exist. They don't know uh, what the meaning of life actually is. They might have a successful career. They might leave a financial legacy to their children but they have no idea what the meaning of life actually is. And, and I'm gonna assume that those listening today actually want to know the meaning of life. They actually want to discover it, find it, and actually live it out in their life. And, and uh, I think when we turn to the word of God, there's two things happening. Like the first thing is we say we want something, but the second thing is, are we actually doing what Jesus says that, that if we do this, we actually will find meaning. Jesus said to seek first the kingdom of God, not second, not third, not after work, not after sports, but first. Jesus said to die to yourself, pick up your cross and follow him. You see, if we are consistently seeking first the kingdom of God, if we are consistently dying to ourselves, when we do that, then we begin to learn one of the secrets of life, which is this, it's not about me. And you've heard us say that time and time again. In fact, we're in a sermon series called This Is Us, and we're talking about uh, the, the seven core values of Foothills Church. This is what makes us us and makes us unique, unifies us, gives us energy and focus and alignment moving forward. And today is part seven and our final uh, sermon in this series. And the core value that we wanna talk about today is it's not about me. I think our world is teaching and preaching to us every single day 
that it is about me, to focus on me, to focus on my needs, to focus on what I need and what I want and go get it. But time and time again in the word of God, Jesus tells us that it's not about us. It's actually about something else. It's about serving Jesus. And so today I want us to focus on what it looks like to actually serve Jesus, what it actually looks like in our life when we get the focus off of ourselves and we actually put the focus on Jesus. I think one of the most important verses in all of the New Testament is in Ephesians 2.10. If you don't know this verse, you need to memorize it, you need to know it, but most importantly, you need to live it out. God's word says this, we are God's workmanship. And that Greek word, uh, workmanship literally means we are God's master uh, masterpiece, right? So we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do what? To do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So essentially what this verse teaches us is that God created you with a purpose in mind, that God created in advance and prepared you in advance what he actually wants you to do in your life. That's a pretty stark and amazing truth today. And when we begin to understand that, we begin to understand that we are here for a reason. You and I were created and God prepared us in advance to do something unique with our lives. He wants you to make a contribution to this world. He wants you to make a difference. He wants you and created you for ministry. You're not here by accident. You're not here just to take up space and you know, breathe some air and then one day die. No, God has a purpose for your life. And it doesn't really matter how long we live. What matters is how we live. And my question for you today is how are you living? How are you actually living out your faith and living out your life today? Is it all about you? In your marriage, is it all about you? At work, is it all about you? Kids, is it all about you and nothing else that's going on in and around your life? I I think every single one of us need to pause and take inventory of our life because here's the exciting thing. When God has a plan for your life and he wants to do something in and through your life, here's the reality. He always gives you the gifts and the capacity to do what he has asked you and I to do. So whatever it is you sense that God calling you to do, he is giving you and has given you and has prepared you with the gifts and the resources and the capacity to actually do it. Uh, The way that we explain it here at FC is through a word. We say that God has designed you for ministry. And that word design is actually an acronym, right? And so the the letter D stands for uh, desires. So every single one of us have unique desires and passions in life. God gave you those things. You're, you're passionate maybe about working with your hands and building things. You're passionate about cars or something to that effect, right? God wants you to use those passions for his glory. The E stands for experiences. And so we all have experiences, right? Uh, some are bad experiences, but it's out of the bad experiences that God can recycle your pain in the world. He can take those bad situations and turn them into good so that you could use those to help other people. Some of those are good experiences. And in the same way, he wants those good experiences that, that, that you've gone through to be a blessing to other people. The S stands for spiritual growth. 
And so every single one of us are on a different spiritual uh, maturity level. We're in different stages, right? And so it's important that you are honest and you kind of figure out where you're at on that journey so that you can know, okay, well, this is my next step. Everybody in here has a next step. What is that for you that you need to take in order to grow spiritually? And then the letter I stands for individual style. So this just refers to your personality. Every single one of us has a, a unique personality. We have a lot of similarities and differences. And out of those personalities, you have some pros about those and you have some cons about those. And so understanding what that is helps you to understand how God has gifted you. So the, the gifting here is actually a spiritual gift. So when we put our faith and trust in Christ, he saves you. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit gives you a gift. What is that for you? The, the promise is that you have at least one, you might have more than one. And so understanding what that is, is important. And then finally, um, he gives us natural talents. And natural talents are, are things like some of you are good athletically, some of you are good with numbers, some of you are uh, good in, in, in a variety of different topics. And, and, and as a result, that's a natural gifting. And so essentially, God has designed you and planned you before you were even born to accomplish something, to be involved in ministry and figuring out how God designed you as part of the journey that all of us are on. It's the exciting part, sometimes frustrating, but you do have to pursue it. You have to seek that out, right? He doesn't just, you know, it doesn't land in your lap and like, boom, oh, this is a, you know, email from Jesus, this is what he wants me to do. No, you've gotta, you've gotta pursue. And so what I would encourage you to do is, I don't have time to dive into the, any deeper today, but go to camp two. Camp two, we talk about this, we equip you, we help uh, you on that journey to discover that. So it starts with base camp and then camp two begins to unleash a lot of this truth because we see over and over and over again in the Bible that this is true. God has a design, God has a purpose for your life. And in fact, Job understood this too in the Old Testament. Job 10 says, your hands shaped me and made me. So of course God made you, he created you, but he also shaped you into the design of who he's calling you to be today and what he wants you to accomplish. And listen, nobody on planet earth is like you. You are unique. And so when God has prepared something for you to do and you don't do it, that means it's not going to get accomplished exactly how it could have been if you would have stepped into that role. I don't want you to miss that opportunity. Um, I think a lot of times we take the giftings that we have and we use them for our own benefit, which, okay, it's part of it. But you're not only gifted and talented just for your own family. In fact, the Bible says the exact opposite. In 1 Peter chapter 4, it says each one of us should use whatever gift he's received to do what? To serve others. So the gifts that you have, the gifts that I have, yes, I wanna bless my family. Yes, I wanna, I wanna bless, you know, kind of, kind of my, my um, uh, what, if it's your business or, you know, your, your relationships, yes. But essentially we're called to use these to serve others. Some of you are using your gifts only on yourself. Why? Because it's all about you. A lot of people say they wanna serve God, but you can't serve God if you're not serving others. You can't go wash the feet of Jesus today. He's obviously not in bodily form on planet earth anymore. So how do you serve him? You serve people. 
And every time you serve people, you are actually serving God. And I wanna be clear, every single one of us is called to be a minister. Every single one of us. I, I know a lot of people think, Ministers are, are paid pastors and paid missionaries. Those are the ministers. I'm just a normal guy. Well, listen, biblically in the Bible, everyone who is a follower of Jesus is called a servant. They're called a minister. In fact, the same Greek word that we translate as servant is, is the same word that we use for minister. So a minister serves and a servant is a minister. Listen, everybody in the room is a minister. Right? You may not be a full-time vocational minister, but we're all called to serve in some way. So today, I wanna further talk about what it looks like to actually serve like Jesus. Because when you serve like Jesus and you start to fulfill your purpose, you start to seek the kingdom of God first. You start to die to self. And as you do that, your mentality becomes clearer and clearer that it is not about me. So here's how Jesus served. The first thing I want you to write down is that serving like Jesus means you must be available. You've got to actually be available to serve. And, and, and I love this because when you look at the life of Jesus, time and time again, his daily routine was interrupted. Um, not long ago in our series, Face to Face with Jesus, I talked about Luke chapter 8. And in Luke 8, a man by the name of Jairus had a daughter who was sick and Jesus uh, was going about his day um, doing his deal and it was interrupted by Jairus and Jairus um, begged him to come and heal his daughter. And so Jesus pauses what he had to do in his busy schedule. He makes himself available to actually serve Jairus and he says, okay, I will come. He allowed his plans to change. And on his way to Jairus' house, the woman who had the issue, the physical issue of bleeding, actually touches the edge of Jesus' garment. She's healed. And yet again, Jesus pauses. He allows his day to be interrupted so that he could serve this woman. After he serves her, then he goes and he heals Jairus' daughter. Time and time again, Jesus did not see interruptions or, or opportunities to serve as interruptions. In fact, the exact opposite. He saw them as opportunities to serve God. And, and so many of us need to realize that when you serve others, you're serving Jesus. In fact, a lot of the things that Jesus taught us came on the heels of him uh, having an interruption in his day. And he uses that interruption to serve and to teach. So think about it. How many times throughout the course of the week have you missed small opportunities to minister and to serve people in your life? Essentially because you were too busy. You were too focused on your to-do list. You weren't willing to stop. You're not willing to be interrupted, right? You've got your plans, you've got your agenda. And the truth is you're not being used by God because you're just simply not being available. What if that changed today? What if all throughout the week you were thinking through and realizing all the different ways that interruptions slash opportunities to serve God were coming your way? All throughout the week, they are there. Every Sunday morning, you have an opportunity to serve God here at Foothills Church. Every Wednesday night, you have an opportunity to serve the next generation here on Wednesdays. Why didn't Jesus mind these interruptions? I think it goes back to Ephesians 2.10. Very simple, he knew his purpose. He knew his purpose. He knew what God had prepared him to do 
in advance. And because of that, he was willing to serve. In fact, he says it in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but to serve. He knew what his ministry was. And so that allowed him to focus. That allowed him to keep his, his, his mentality focused on serving and, and, and honoring God by serving other people. Here's the point I want you to understand. If you're ever gonna be used by God, if you're gonna make a difference, if you're actually gonna make a contribution to the world, you've gotta make yourself available to fulfill God's purpose in your life by actually serving, right? And I don't know where that is, but I wanna encourage you today to make yourself available and take that step. Secondly, here's what we know about the life of Jesus. Serving like Jesus means that you are grateful, right? Look at this verse in Psalm 100. It says, serve the Lord with sadness, right? And so that's what we do in here every week. Well, of course not. It says, serve the Lord with what? Gladness. Like this ought to be a, a day of celebration. I don't know what's going on in your world, but some of you guys walk in here and it's like you're sad, you don't smile, or you don't sing, like you look like you're you know, mad at the world. And it, it's like, wait a minute, this is our day to gather in, in, in and through grateful hearts to worship God together. Like this ought to be an exciting time. This ought to be a time where we're pumped up, where we're excited, where we're high-fiving, where there's some energy in the room. We get energy in Thompson Bowling, right? We get energy in Neyland Stadium. But when we're grateful for what God has done, like there's a, a, there's a unique energy here uh, between us. I think some people think serving is just like this duty they have to do and it's this terrible thing. And they're, they're, they, they don't look forward to it. But listen, when you understand what Jesus has done for you, when you are grateful for the cross, things change. Think about it with me today. You were once living in sin, separated from God. You were in, in, in deserving death. You were deserving of hell. But despite your sin, God demonstrates his love for us by sending Jesus into the world to live a sinless life and to, to ultimately take your place on the cross. And as he does, he is offering you salvation. And when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you get your sins forgiven, right? Your past sins are forgiven. Your today's sins are forgiven and your future sins are forgiven. When you follow him, he forgives you. He puts his spirit within you as a comforter, as a guide, as an encourager. He gives you purpose, he gives you love, he gives you joy, he gives you meaning. And oh yeah, by the way, you get the promise of heaven. We better think about that every single day of our lives. Because if, if we don't, then the temptation is gonna be totally getting sucked into the world of what I want and what I need and what I don't have. But when I think about the cross, when I turn my eyes upon Jesus, when I turn my eyes upon the gospel of Jesus Christ, I understand what he has done for me. It leads me to a grateful heart. It leads me to gratitude. And out of that gratitude, I am willing and, and, and glad to give back to him, to serve back towards him as an act of worship to those in the world who are desperate 
and who are without hope. You might think you have it bad today and there's probably a lot of you that are dealing with a lot of frustrating things. I get that. But you know, you know the best way to overcome your problems? Serve other people. Serve other people. When I begin to get my focus on other people, then my problems become much smaller. And God has a unique way. I'm just telling you, there are miracles that take place. As I serve, like God begins to miraculously take care of situations that I have been worried about, right? My focus just stays and has to stay on him. But anytime I start to get inward focused, anytime I start to only think about how things are affecting me, things, problems only get worse. I love how 2 Timothy 1.9 actually shares it with us. It says, God saved us and called us to a holy calling, right? Not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. Notice who saved us and called us to a holy calling. You see, that calling is one and the same. He calls you to be saved and he, at the same time, is calling you to serve. He, 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 he gives us this call to salvation and this call to service as an exact same call. So when you put your faith in Jesus, you are enlisting in the army of God. When you say, yes, I'm gonna follow Jesus, you're actually saying that, yes, I am actually going to serve and become a volunteer in some way, in some capacity. If you aren't grateful though for God's grace, you're not gonna serve for God's glory. It's just how it works. If you're not grateful, you won't serve. People say they're grateful all the time though, don't they? Oh, I'm grateful, um, but their actions just don't um, show what they're really saying. We, we all kind of know that. We've done it ourselves. Um, I, I remember when my, my kids were little, you're trying to teach your kids to apologize, you know, and, and, and make amends when they hurt each other's feelings or whatever. And if you're a parent, you've done this. Your kids are little. One of your kids offends the other kid, hits them, says something mean. And you're like, go tell them you're sorry. And you usher them over there to their brother or sister. And you say, tell them you're sorry. And they say, sorry. <laughs> like, no, that's, that's not even a word. Use English and say you're sorry. Sorry. You, I'm going to give you one more chance. And if you don't say you're sorry, and if you don't mean it, you're really gonna get it, right? Why do we think we can make our kids mean something, <laughs> right? I, I can't make them mean anything that they say. <laughs> as frustrating as that is, right, parents? I we wish we could do that, no matter how old or young they are. I can't make you mean anything. Um, we can teach, we can show why it's important. And then we have to say, yeah, and so I hope you get it because this is the way that leads to peace and life and pleasing God, right? And so when we look at this idea of being grateful, you can say that you're grateful and we're almost in Thanksgiving season. In fact, I think we're in Thanksgiving season. Some of you are the, oh no, we can't celebrate the next holiday until this, you know, Halloween's over. Then we can think about, listen, we're in Thanksgiving and, 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 and like this attitude of gratitude has to well up inside of us and that will lead us to actual uh, ministering to other people. Um, I think there are a lot of people who say they're grateful but their life doesn't actually give any evidence for that statement. And I don't want you to miss your opportunity. I don't want you to miss the blessing. And, 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 and serving Jesus is a blessing. 
And seeing lives impacted for the glory of God is a blessing. I don't want you to miss that. I'll say it like this. Those who are grateful for God's grace will serve for God's glory. If you are truly grateful for God's grace, you will serve for God's glory. That's just how it works. And so I wanna encourage you to be grateful and I wanna encourage you to recognize the benefits all around you of, of, of not making it about yourself and making it about serving Jesus. I think one of the benefits of serving is, is that we grow spiritually. You know, when we're serving, we're putting ourselves out there, we're serving the Lord, he's gonna allow us to grow. But when people, a lot of times when people wanna grow spiritually, they assume that they need to learn more information. Right? And that's definitely part of it. Read your Bible, read other spiritual books, listen to sermons, all that great stuff. When you start to learn new things, it's exciting. You start to hear things that you've never heard before. You start to think about things that you've never thought about before. And it's, it's exciting and that hunger grows and you think, oh man, I am really growing in my faith. And the assumption that we often make is that now that I'm learning new stuff, I'm growing. And I would say, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Because it's possible to be interested in God and interested in theology and not love Jesus. It's possible to read Christian books, listen to Christian podcasts, but not be any closer to Jesus. And, and I think for many of us, as we think in terms of what this looks like, the assumption of I, I'm going to learn means I'm going to grow is actually false. I think in, in my life, I've seen this play out. Uh, when I was in seminary, uh, I, I saw a lot of guys who were going into full-time ministry, right? They were there to study theology. They were there to study, you know, um, who God is, what God wants us to do. And so they love to talk about God. They love to uh, ask questions and debate various theological issues. And after my time there, I saw so many of them go three, four years of, of an education and never serve in a local church. Would see them go and, and, and never invite anybody to church, never share their faith. You see, it's very possible to be interested in knowledge and learning about God and not actually love God. The more information you get does not equal love for God. Here's, here's what has to happen. The more information you get ought to be leading you to loving and serving people. And if that's the case, then you can say, okay, I'm taking some steps in my growth. But knowledge alone will not grow you. Knowledge alone, if it's not leading you to loving and serving others, it's just increasing your pride and your ego. And we have to be aware of that. Serving like Jesus means that we're grateful. And when we do that, yes, we actually will grow. And then finally, number three, serving like Jesus means you're faithful means you're faithful. I don't know about you, but I wanna be faithful. Um, I wanna be faithful to God and, and it's hard in this life because we're constantly wrestling with making it about ourselves and, and then you know, trying to put the focus on the Lord. And, and so being faithful is one of those things that we wanna continually pursue in our lives. And I love what 1 Corinthians chapter four, verse two says. It actually says that there's a requirement for us and the requirement of stewards is that they be found faithful. Now, a steward is a manager. 
Uh, you and I are managers of the, the God-given design that he has given to us. Everything we've talked about, he has is, is, is wired you that way. You're a manager of that design. All the wealth that you have, you're a manager of that. All the money, the talents, everything about you, your, your family, your spouse, your kids, you're just managing all of this stuff. It, none of it is actually ours. We get that, right? We, we take none of it with us. This whole life is just a test. How are you going to manage the stuff that God has given to you? And the scripture teaches us that we're required to be found faithful. We're required to be found faithful. I guess the question then is, okay, what motivates us to be faithful? How can we be found faithful? Because a lot of us are really good on day one. <laughs> day one is exciting, isn't it? You, you get a new job, first day of school, you're up early, you're dressed, you get the picture. Now we're going to the first day, it's exciting. But what happens after a couple of weeks? It's like, ah, the newness is kind of worn off. Now it's kind of a grind. You get kicked in the teeth a couple of times and it's just like, eh, right? A, a few tense, awkward moments at work and it's like, eh, I don't know, right? What do we do? We start to think about ourselves. Uh, we start to think about, well, our, our, our marriage problems and we start to think about our frustrations and all of that then becomes a distraction. We start thinking more and more and more about ourselves and, and the attention is less and less about serving others and more and more about our own needs. And we start thinking even, God, I've been, I've been trying to serve you, but you didn't fix that. Like you said, or I thought you would, so I'm done. God, you didn't, you didn't take care of your part, so I'm out. Day one's easy. Faithfulness is key. The grind sometimes of faithfulness uh, is the test that God wants us to endure. What motivates us over the long haul? I think knowing that everything we do here on earth, every single act of service on earth in the name of Jesus is counted, it matters, and it's significant in the eyes of God. I love what Galatians 6, 9 says. It says, do not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. What do we do? We give up too soon before the harvest comes. We try day one, day two, we get, we get inward focused and then we quit and we miss the harvest that God wanted us to experience. I love how Jesus sums it all up. This is his prayer before he is actually crucified. He's talking to God in prayer and he says, I brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Remember, go back to Ephesians 2.10, the work that God prepared in advance for Jesus, yes, but also for you and I. And now he's saying, God, I brought you glory on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. If you didn't know, your primary job, like the, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Like at the end of the day, that's the bottom line of what we're doing on this earth. So, so glorifying God, Jesus says, I did that by doing what? Accomplishing what you created me to do, right? For Jesus, that was developing disciples and creating these men so that they could lead the church after his death and resurrection. He said, I did it. Then he went to the cross and died for our sins, right? And so I just wonder, are you doing what God created you to do? Are you doing it? Are you fulfilling the work that God has created you to do? I think um, it starts by taking your next step, whatever that might be. 
For some of you, that next step might be joining a team and actually serving here at FC. For some of you, it's taking that next step of base camp or maybe camp two. It's taking a step towards, okay, this is what I think God wants me to do and I'm gonna put myself out there and actually do it in faithfulness. Years ago, two teenage boys came to an evangelistic meeting that was a meeting in a tent, one of those old school tent revival meetings and they were trying to get in the doors but it was actually packed to the brim. They couldn't get in. And one usher was noticing these teenagers and he decided to go out of his way to help them. And like every good usher, he ushed them to the very front row of the the meeting. Little did he know that one of those young men was Billy Graham. And he gave his life to Jesus that night. And we all know the story after that of how he has changed literally millions of people's life and impact the world um, in an incredible way. And I just wanted to ask you this morning, does anybody know the name of that usher? I don't either. (laughs) I know who does though, Jesus. He sees every act and every act that you do in the name of Jesus for his glory matters. And you never know how or what you are doing or will do. You never know how God is gonna use that to impact the lives of others around you. Um, This week, I had the chance to sit down with some of our directors and pastors and talk about the ministries here at FC and ways that uh, people are serving and ways that some of you um, might wanna be able to jump into some of these ministries. And so I wanted to use my time today by giving them an opportunity to share with you. And so guys, let's go ahead and play that video and watch it together. I'm here with Pastor Landon, our experienced director, and Tracy Taplin, our director of community engagement. And so, Pastor Landon, let's start with you. What kind of volunteer are you looking for to serve on this team? Yeah, so what we're really looking for are people who are personal, energetic, and welcoming. So we say those are like our key characteristics okay. of a great volunteer. Yeah. And really, we're looking for people who are just passionate about helping guests experience life in Jesus from the moment they arrive at one of our locations. So if you're those things and you love Jesus, love people, it's going to be a great place for you to fit. And we always say like the sermon starts in the parking lot. Absolutely. Why why is that like a statement? Yeah. So we really, we want to create an experience for our guests from the street all the way to the seat. So the moment they're pulling in from the parking lot to the moment they sit down, we really want them to to see who Jesus is in the parking lot, on the street, and even as they're walking into our building, like it's important. Yeah, and so they're seeing Jesus in these volunteers. Absolutely. There are a lot of people showing up who are, you know, nervous about going mm-hmm. to a new church yep. or nervous about being in church, period. Sometimes this is the first time they've ever been to church. Yeah. And so that first person they see could be the difference maker Absolutely. in that whole experience. Uh-huh. And so that team is is uh, huge. And so a lot of people have a lot of fear, though, when it mm-hmm. comes to that kind of ministry. Yeah. Um, why, why do you think that is? Yeah, so I think serving is like any investment. With an investment comes some amount of risk to where you're going to have to give up time, you're going to have to give up your autonomy, you're going to have to give up something. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is if you focus on the risk of what it's going to take and not the return on what could happen, mm-hmm. and you're not focused on that like unimaginable amount of what God could do through your sacrifice and your service, mm-hmm. then it becomes all about you. To yeah. where uh, if you're making it about what God can do through you, and then it's not about me, and it becomes about the mission, and then yeah. all the fears and nervousness go away. Yeah. 
and we're able to just be grateful for what yeah. God can do through us. And it's kind of like maybe the first day of work or the first mm -hmm. day of school, you're nervous on the first day, which is which is normal. And then after a couple of days or weeks, you yes. kind of, oh, okay, I can mm -hmm. do this. Yeah. And God gives you that, that confidence. That's awesome. So Tracy, you're overseeing our community engagement ministries. And so that happens throughout the week, not necessarily on Sunday morning. And so what does that look like in your area? There are many ways to serve and so many needs in our community, in our counties, just all around us, that really there are ways to serve as an individual, with your small group, with your family. Okay. Um, certain ways to plug in could be uh, helping people have a meal, providing food for food insecure people, serving people that are new to our country as a refugee family, helping them learn um, what it's like to be in the USA on a daily basis. You could welcome a foster child into your home and be Jesus for them every day, creating a safe and secure environment. You could sit and have a conversation with someone facing an unexpected pregnancy. Mm. Just love them, listen to them. Mm -hmm. um, you could also spend an hour a week at Rockford Elementary mentoring a child, mm. being that consistent, caring adult in their life maybe the only one. Hmm. Uh, th there are so many ways to engage the hurt mm -hmm. and be Jesus. And if you wanted to come talk to me for two minutes, I would find at least one way for you to plug yeah. in on a regular basis. Yeah, so that consistency, that faithfulness opens up the relationship Absolutely. that then opens up into conversations about who Jesus is. I love it. And uh, you guys are doing a phenomenal job. Thanks for spending some time with me. So I'm here now with Alex Fletcher, our student pastor, and Micah Stewart, our kids director. And so Micah, our kids ministry is a, a large ministry doing a lot of great things. Tell us a little bit about it. So it is a big ministry. We have over 350 kids that are showing up every week. We have 100 volunteers who are showing up to love on their kids. And we've had over 130 first time kids since August 1st. Um, but it's a fun and safe place for kids to come to, to connect with their small group leaders, starting with six weeks all the way up to fifth grade. Um, they're connecting with their leader every week. They're connecting with other kids their age. Um, they are connecting with um, God's truth, and it's being taught on their level. Um, FC Kids is not childcare. It's not babysitting. Um, they get to have their own small group time with their small group leader. Um, they get to go to large group and have fun hearing biblical truths and Bible stories, and they're singing and they're dancing, um, and they're you know they're just having fun and learning about who Jesus is. Yeah, that's great, and obviously. There's always needs in, in, in the volunteer realm in kids' ministry. Um, we've got uh, larger spaces. We've got new locations. So there's always a need, right? And so what are you looking for in a volunteer? Yeah, so, well, we want our volunteers to love Jesus. Um, we want our volunteers to be able to connect to kids. Um, you know, on their level, and not just connect with kids, but also connect to their parents. Hmm. Um, but we we need consistent leaders, and I would say that um, we have an opportunity for adults right now um, to step up and serve. Our student volunteers do an amazing job, and they're incredible at coming every week. But we we really have an opportunity for adults to, to come up and step up and um, serve and love and, on kids. And be consistent. So why is consistency huge yeah. for kids? So being consistent in the life of a child is huge because, um, you know, kids spell trust as T-I-M-E. And so they need that. 
one-on-one -on -one time every single week. Um, and it's important because, you know, we are, we're here to lay a foundation of faith that lasts a lifetime. And, you know, I just know that the enemy is after our kids. He's after mm -hmm. our students. And they need that um, biblical voice and that, um, you know, that person who loves them, who's not their parent, mm -hmm. but someone who's a consistent person and voice in their life that mm -hmm. is pointing them to Jesus every single week. Yeah. So Alex, obviously there are a lot of needs in student ministry as well. What kind of volunteer are, are you guys looking for? Yeah, so we're looking for volunteers that are healthy, growing, and relatable. But but more than that, yes, we want them to be healthy, growing, and relatable, but we want them to love Jesus and, and care about making disciples. Mm -hmm. And so um, a lot of times volunteers think they need to come into student ministry and be cool and trendy and really what they need to be is authentic and just mm -hmm. willing to serve. And so uh, those are the kinds of people that we're looking for to serve in student ministry. That's great. Um, a lot of people are a little reluctant to take initiative and take that first step to serve yeah. in student ministry. Why yeah. do you think that is? I think it could be for uh, many different reasons. Yeah. I think ultimately what it comes back to is what Paul talks about in Philippians 2.4. He talks about how we're not supposed to look to our, our own interest, um, but to look to the interests of, of others and to seek opportunities to serve others. So, so many times the natural temptation for us is to look at our own interest. And so mm -hmm. serving, especially serving people who are different than you like students, mm -hmm. uh, requires a very opposite outlook. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I believe that you'll never be able to have the impact that you want to have as long as you're inward focused. Yeah. We we see all the time a lot of college age students that are yeah. energetic and excited to come and, and serve with yeah. some, some students, but we also have, yeah, like you said, some, some older adults. And I think uh, some of the best volunteers that we have are our parents. And a lot of times that's an excuse to not serve. Yeah. But the best volunteers sometimes that we have are, are people who have students, who mm -hmm. have children, who mm -hmm. are willing to step into their world and maybe not be their kid's small group leader, yeah. but serve other students. And so, yeah, absolutely. Age is, is not a factor. It's more of willingness and being willing to be authentic and real with our students. That is so true. And I guess the challenge for all of us is to make it not about me and to look out for the interest of others around us because the next generation matters and it's gotta matter to you and I as well. So if you are serving, be encouraged today. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good for in due season, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So what you're doing, matters. What you're doing is making a difference in someone's life. And at the end of the day, God sees you serving and his blessing will follow. But if you're not serving and you want to serve at both locations today, visit the Connect Center. If you're watching online and you want to serve, visit our website and click get involved. To mention a few other needs, our production team has so many needs. If if you're at the Bearden location and you can stick around once a month to set up or to take down the stage equipment, it would be a huge help. If you wanna serve on our journey team, our, our counseling, uh, mentoring teams, we need mature believers who wanna invest in the vision to make disciples. And if you don't hear anything else we have said today, make sure you remember this, it's not about me, it's about serving Jesus. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Foothills Church. If you made a decision to follow Christ while listening today, or if you have some more questions about what that looks like, then let us know. 
You can text FC Decision to 97000 or you can head over to foothillschurch.com slash decision. We hope you have a great week.